Hey everybody, it's Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. And guess what? We have a new listener. Her name is Amanda, and I'm so excited. Yeah, Amanda was in my youth group, and she totally rocked, and she lives her best life, and she is one of my favorite humans because she is just authentic and real and awesome. So, Amanda, welcome, and it doesn't take long before you get shouted out, and so keep listening, keep commenting, and you'll hear your name every once in a while. You'll also come to realize that my sister Susie gets a shout out almost every week and a few other people too. So wait for it, kids. Um, More shout outs to come. It's Lent. It is the first week in Lent. How's everybody doing on their giving up or adding to Lent? Um, Don't ask me about my F-bombs. So far, I have not mastered that. Not proud. Just being honest. I don't know if you guys remember, last year I followed the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church's liturgical calendar, and I'm going to do it again this time. So stay tuned, and I will give you a little explanation about liturgy and tell you the verse that we are going to talk about. It's going to be fun. So liturgy is really just the form in which we worship, kind of the structure of our worship. And honestly, it goes way back to the Old Testament when Solomon built a temple for God and and God instructed him how to build it and how... It, it, I actually take that back. It even goes back to Moses. Moses had rules on how to worship and that kind of stuff. And then they carried over to Solomon and a lot of good history there. Clearly, I don't know it all, but you can dig into that and it's good stuff. And so Catholic churches, Methodist churches, congregational churches, Lots and lots of churches, including Lutheran churches, ELCA, Wells, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, have a calendar in which on a weekly basis, there is scripture that is read. There's almost always a first reading, which usually comes from the Old Testament. There's usually a psalm. The epistle is after the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there is the gospel, and you always, at least in the Lutheran church, you always stand when you read the gospel out of respect for Christ. And I was kind of leaning towards the gospel just because I always like anything that is like super Jesus-centered, which is hilarious because that's the whole Bible, am I right? But particularly what stood out to me in this group was the psalm. So just for the record, get your pens and pencils and paper out, because if you want to do a little verse study, the first reading is Genesis 3, 1 through 21. The psalm is 32, 1 through 7. The epistle is Romans 
5, 12 through 19, and the gospel is Matthew 4, 1 through 11. And so I chose to go with the psalm, and I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I have not mastered dropping my F-bombs for Lent yet. I know, it's ridiculous. I say it like it's not a bad word, and I think that's how I have justified it, because we clearly justify all our sins, regardless of what they are. And we it's amazing how somebody else's sin is way worse than mine, right? Anyhow, this is the one that stuck, stood out to me. And so now I'm going to share it with you. So I was going to read the whole psalm to you, which I probably should do, but sometimes I think it's just fun to have a, maybe a little bit of a shorter podcast so I don't drag things out because we all know I will like ramble, 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 ramble. So I'm going to try not to do that. Probably will try not to come up with a list this week either, but even though my sister loves a list, don't you, Susie? It's almost like your name is Susan. Um, you go by Susie. You hate it when people call you Sue, um, but there's other nicknames that I could list too. And so, you know, there's your list. Anyways, Psalm 32 starts off with, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. So, whose sins are for covered. Okay, I'm going to read it again. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. So, as I was reading through each one of the options for the, for the liturgical calendar for the first week in Lent, when I got to this, I'm like, done. That's the one, right? Because I am quite the sinful human and if my transgressions are forgiven and I'm blessed, yeah, I win. Whose sins are covered? My sins are covered. Drop mic, show's over, right? Podcast done? It's true. They are. However, there's more. And again, it continues to say, stay positive right from the get-go. Blessed is the one whose sin in the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Love it. L-O-V-E. Love it. No deceit in my spirit? I will take that because let me tell you, got a dark side to me. I know. It's surprising. I sound so nice on the podcast, right? <clears throat> Amanda, you'll back me up. I know you will. Paul, maybe not. He tried to say I was mean to him in high school. It was a big, fat lie. But we are friends now, and I think he would back me up. I know my sister would, because I told you about the time that I got bullied, and she backed me up. So, But blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Like, I'm loving this so much. And then it does start to get a little bit dark. So we start off with the first two verses, like, like I said, winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm digging this. And verse three says, 
When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Well, that's heavy. When I kept silent, which is basically saying when I'm not confessing my sin, then my bones waste away through my groaning all day long. Because anytime something's weighing heavy on your mind or your heart, it does make you feel kind of heavy. Like you do feel like just sick, like maybe you are wasting away. And you you are kind of like moaning and groaning and sighs of, you know, like wah, wah, feels like Eeyore or, you know, Debbie Downer. And it's just not good, right? Verse four says, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. I totally get that though, because I have never loved super duper hot. It's weird because I was born in Virginia. My mother was Southern. My father was a Northerner from Wisconsin. And from the time I was little, just super hot, I was like, my strength was sapped for sure. And even to this day, um, being from Wisconsin, I like the 70s, but you start getting up into the 80s, it's hot. So when it says my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer, I get that. And the first part for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. It's almost like, it's almost like saying God's hand is upon you. Like he knows your, knows you're sinful and he just puts his hand on you and it feels heavy. You know, that's that conviction of the Holy Spirit, you know, that that part of God, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. And Jesus leaves us with himself, the Holy spirit. And when the Holy spirit puts their hand on us, that is, it feels like what we would call your conscience. But to me, that's your Holy spirit. One more thought on the whole hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Like nobody wants somebody's hand on them when you're already hot and sweaty, right? And so those first verses almost came across like you're blessed, you're kind of off scot-free, which is so true. And then there's this whole, you're not confessing your sins, so it feels heavy and hot. And so verse five says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Like, kind of there's your instant answer. You're feeling heavy, you're feeling weighted down, you're sweating, you're groaning, you're wasting away. All you have to do is confess. 
you don't cover up your sinfulness. You spill your beans. And I like at first it said, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity, like singular, right? I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Now, all of a sudden, it went from that one thing to all the things, because come on, there's not just one thing. It's the poor language. It's the judgment. It's the laziness. It's the thing you did, the thing you meant to do, the thing you wish you did, the thing you wish you didn't do. All those things. And all of a sudden, when you spill your beans on one of the things, you're just spilling it all. You're just making an entire chili and adding all the beans to it, right? And what does God do? And you forgave me you forgave the guilt of my sin. So we already know right in those first two verses, he forgives us of sin, but then he, he alleviates the guilt. How cool is that, my friends? Like so awesome. Take a break, listen to my awesome commercial, and we will wrap this psalm up. Verse 6 says, therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. I didn't do any research in terms of what rising mighty waters the psalmist was referring to, but certainly in a circumstance of confessing our sin, there's that moment that you do feel like you're kind of drowning or that you are in a flood situation where the water continues to get higher and higher and higher. Or like if you were in a boat and there's a leak and more water continues to get in and get in and get in and you feel like you're sinking. So Maybe it's just that kind of reference. But I also thought it was very interesting that says, therefore, let all the faithful pray to you. That, just taking that little piece, if you are praying, you are faithful. Because we can't even confess God without the Holy Spirit. So when we begin to pray to God, whether it's the very first time you're praying or if you think you're all like, hey, look at me, hippie Christian who cares, I pray all the time, which is so not true. I wish I prayed more than I did, but I like to think of myself as a faithful person, but my faithfulness isn't better than yours or anybody else's. And if you're praying for the very first time, you get counted as faithful. So let anyone who's praying, who becomes faithful to pray to you while you may be found. That freaks me out a little bit because at some point, does God not be accessible to us anymore? 
And maybe that is when Jesus comes back. And I don't know, like that is crazy freaky. And I don't think it's meant to scare anybody into submission to praying to God as much as it speaks to the awe and almightiness of who God is. Reach out while God is available. When Jesus returns, he separates the sheep from the goats. So I'm thinking once he separates the sheep who follow the shepherd and the goats who don't, like maybe there's not enough time to reach out to God again. God is bigger than I am, so don't count on me for how God is going to judge us. That is read your Bible, pray to God, get to know him, figure it all out. I just want to be a sheep. Do you ever hear that song? It's like a youth group song. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I just want to be a sheep. Ba, 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 ba. And then there's all the lists of the things that you don't want to be. It's pretty funny. Anyways, that was my youth group kumbaya moment. I hope you enjoyed it. So verse seven, we're going to wrap this, um, this week's Psalm liturgical worship verse for the week, first week of Psalm or first week of Lent. And verse seven says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Which, of course, now everybody's probably thinking of the movie Deliverance. That whole banjo thing, I can't even, that made no sense at all. But that's not the kind of song of Deliverance. The cool, amazing song that you should be hearing is from, like, the Prince of Egypt. And it should be Whitney Houston and... Mariah Carey, and they sang the theme song from the Prince of Egypt. Um, and I can't think of what it is off the top of my head, but I think if you even Google Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, the Prince of Egypt, I can kind of sing it, and I've already sang twice in this podcast, so I'm not singing again. Um, when we believe, I believe (laughs) when we believe, I believe, no, the song I think is called when we, when you believe fabulous, that is a song of deliverance. That's my, I love that. So good. And you got to have like that kind of diva voice singing it because that is heart and soul and pure praise and worship. But I love the part where it says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. So in those moments of thinking about temptation or sin or struggles or 
anything that is weighing heavy on your heart, that moment of groaning, where can we go? We can go to our hiding place, which is God. We can go right there and he will protect us from trouble. And he surrounds us with this amazing Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey song of deliverance. And it's awesome. So fabulous. And then when you go right back all the way to the top, and it's starting with blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. It takes that moment of that awful guilt feeling, that shame, that embarrassment, that struggle with our sin to come to that moment of Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey deliverance song and to fully appreciate that it is God who we can run to. How awesome is that? My friend and pastor Brad Erlob says, blessed by the best all the time. Like that's almost like his signature phrase. And he's not wrong. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. That is us, friends. We are blessed by a God who loves us so much. We just need to run to that hiding place. We just need to spill our beans and allow him to bless us and make us right and make us pure and holy. And then we get to sing that deliverance song of praise and worship every single day, every moment, God's grace and mercy poured out on us. Good stuff. Am I right? I love it. I'm excited to continue to celebrate Lent with you. And I think in the last segment, I talked about like it's probably not right to celebrate Lent. But then my pastor, Mark Renner, said something about celebrating Lent in his sermon. And I'm like, dang, you win. I'm saying we can celebrate Lent. I've always wanted to celebrate Lent. It's the time we talk about Jesus the most. So hooray to that. Hooray to liturgy and Bible verses and confessing our sins. And I just say, this week it's all about sinner, sinner, chicken dinner. We are blessed. Have a great day.